Hi, this is Richard Keel, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 135. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is your weekly look into upcoming movies, remakes, sequels, TV and movie DVD releases, and our interview segment with somebody from the movie, TV, or music industry. And this week, our guest is Richard Keel. Now, of course, Richard has been in a lot of different things, but all of us remember him as Jaws in the James Bond movies, The Spy Who Loved Me, and Moonraker. And he's going to be our guest this week. He's going to talk about all those things, his uh, current projects, uh, all sorts of stuff, and things he's done in the past. It's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. And um, last week we had Joe Madalena on the show, who's the host of the new TV show, Hollywood Treasure. And uh, if you had a chance to watch that, I've watched that. It's a good show. It's, uh, they had a lot of neat stuff talking about uh, a lot of treasures that they found. Uh, the, the episodes we saw, of course, this past week was uh, about the um, the carpet bag from uh, Mary Poppins and the hat from the Wicked Witch of the Wizard of Oz and, and, and all sorts of stuff. It's a great show. Check it out if you get a chance. And let's see... Uh, it's time now to check out what's coming your way as far as remakes. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake madness. Well, it looks like the children's storybook, Mr. Popper's Penguins, will be remade into a movie with a cast that includes Jim Carrey and uh, Angela Lansbury. So it sounds like a good cast. And Warner Brothers is looking to make a movie based on the Acme Company from the Roadrunner cartoon. Remember that? Wiley Coyote and all that. He's, he's always getting those Acme products. and uh, That's in the early stages right now, but uh, it's, it's something different. And let's see. The big screen remaking of the Dr. Seuss, The Lorax, moves ahead with cast members including Danny DeVito, Zac Efron, and Betty White. And uh, it hits theaters on uh, 2012. So you've got a while to wait for that. But uh, our past interview with writer Cinco Paul and Ken Durio, who are the writers of that, you can check them out in episode 117. They talk a little bit about that. So that's something to check out right here at On Screen to Beyond. That's about it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen to Beyond, what's coming your way as far as upcoming movies? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, upcoming movies, of course, we're talking about uh, things that are not remakes or sequels. J.J. Abrams and Steven Spielberg's Super 8 is now set for June 8th, 2011 release. That's going to be a big one. And Wesley Snipes uh, looks like he's set to star in a martial arts comedy called Master Daddy. And it will include a cameo from Chuck Norris. 
That'll be interesting. And another thing about Steven Spielberg, he will direct Robopocalypse, a story about a man's battle to survive a robot uprise. It seems so we've heard that one before. Terminator, I think it was called. But anyway, that's coming your way in 2013. So you got quite a ways to wait for that one. That's about it for upcoming movies. Next on On Screen to Beyond, Sequel City, where we take you down to see what's going on as far as sequels right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, it looks like Spy Kids 4. Of course, we've talked about this before. It's a sequel. And uh, it now looks like Jeremy Pevin will be joining the cast as the villain this time around. And the cast also includes Jessica Alba and Joel McHale. And let's see, Mission Impossible 4 now has a proper name. It will be called Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Hmm. And one more here, Alvin and the Chipmunks. is uh, It's got another film in the works, and it will be directed by the director of the Shrek Forever film. So that should be a good one. That's about it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, TV on DVD. TV on DVD. Well, it looks like on January 18th, you can look for Merlin Season 2 on DVD in a five-disc set. It's got 13 episodes. And February 8th, you can look for Columbo, the mystery movie collection, 1991 to 1993 as it arrives on DVD. And Mannix... The fourth season comes to DVD on January 4th. Next on On Screen to Be On, movies coming your way on DVD. Movies coming your way. It looks like Disney's A Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey lands on DVD on November 11th. And Vampire Suck makes it to DVD on November 30th. And Inception, with Leonardo DiCaprio, makes its way to DVD on December 12th. That's about it for movies coming away on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to be sitting down to chat with Richard Keel. Now, Richard, of course, was Jaws. Not Jaws in the Jaws movie. He was Jaws in the uh, Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker, the James Bond films. And he's going to be talking about that, how the costume was, you know, the teeth were made and then all of the things he had to do and his other projects that he was in or almost was in. There's some interesting stuff coming your way. It's coming up next right here on On Screen to Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, my guest is an actor who has guest starred on many TV shows and movies including I Dream of Jeannie, The Twilight Zone, and the original version of The Longest Yard with Burt Reynolds. But he is probably best known for his role as Jaws in one of the best-known villains in the James Bond movies. On November 5th and 6th at 7 o'clock, he will be at the New Ream Theater in Moraga, California, outside San Francisco, for a question and answer at the California Independent Film Festival's monthly classic film series showing of The Spy Who Loved Me on Friday, November 5th, and Moonraker on Saturday, November 6th. It's Richard Keel. Richard, it's a pleasure to have you on On Screen and Beyond. Yeah, it's nice talking to you. Richard, this role that you had in the James Bond films, do you enjoy having that much popularity on, on one role? Yeah, I was really surprised. Uh, they did a a, a poll over in England uh, when they had 4,900 votes about who was the most popular uh, Bond character other than Bond himself. 
and uh, Jaws got 30% of the votes, and the next uh, uh, contender was uh, Q with 16%. Do you have a personal favorite of, of all these characters besides yourself? Uh, what do you mean all the, what, you mean the James Bond characters? The, of all the James Bond uh, villains, I should say, uh, is there a favorite one that you had? Yeah, I liked, uh, you know, Red Grant, and uh, uh, I thought he was, you know, a really good character. Yeah. And, and were you a fan of James Bond movies when, when you, before you got the part? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, from the very first one, Dr. No, I was mm-hmm. a big James Bond fan. Yeah, yeah, it's a good series. It's always been a good series. Now, they're going to be showing this at, in, uh, at the New Ream Theater in Moraga, California. Um, do you go to a lot of different events where they show the film? Do you, do you ever tire of seeing it? Yeah, I've been at a few uh, over in England and uh, one in uh, Scotland and Edinburgh. And uh, uh, this is kind of unique. Uh, they'll be playing uh, The Spy Love Me on Friday. And Moonlight on Saturday, yeah. and uh, I'll be doing a Q and A at each film uh, after the film, and uh, then out in the lobby with uh, signing autographs, and uh, I'll have some uh, books that I uh, autobiographies and other things. Yeah, yeah, I, and we're going to talk about those uh, in a little bit because uh, you, you've done. There's a lot more. It's it's surprising that you know that uh, people only know you for certain roles you've done, but uh, there's a lot more things that you've done besides just uh, you know James Bond. Yeah, that's true. I, you know, the Bond show was kind of a breakthrough movie for me, but I you know I did the Silver Streak, uh, Cannonball yeah. Run, Two, Pale Rider with Clint Eastwood. And uh, first ten from Navarone with Robert Shaw and uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah. yeah. Now, when you were a, a young child, did you in think someday you would be in movies? No. 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 I actually wanted to be an attorney, and uh, but you know, my we had a family business. My dad died without any insurance uh, when I was nineteen, and um, it was in the midst of a big uh, recession, nineteen fifty-eight. Uh, kind of like it is now, and uh, and he went and get a job, and uh, decided that you know I'd try to be an actor. Do you remember what your first paid acting role was? Yeah, it was uh, a show called Klondike. It starred uh, James Coburn and a guy named Ralph Tager, and uh, I played the lead heavy uh, uh, guy named Duff Brannigan. It was a bare-knuckle fighter that would go around the country, uh, ended up in the Klondike, taking on all comers. You put up $500 to fight me, and if you win, you get 1500 you know. Mm-hmm. It was always one. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it was funny. The other day, I was preparing for the, the interview here, and uh, I was flipping through the TV while I was doing that, and I came across uh, I Dream of Genie being showed on, I don't know, might have been TV Land or something. And lo and behold, <laughs> who did I see? You were on it. Yeah, that was a, a nice show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, some great photos of that. Uh, it's a really good picture of uh, Barbara and uh, and Larry Hagman and myself. And uh, it's one of my popular photographs uh, that people. Uh, pick up. Really? Yeah? Yeah, because, I mean, I, I there again, I didn't know that you had been in there on that TV show. Well, most people wouldn't recognize me from James Bond Jaws to that. Right. You know, I was in The Monkees, for example. Yes, and, uh, I remember that I, episode. You know, I played a lot, a lot of different uh, roles, uh, Gilligan's Island and mm-hmm. uh, The Wild Wild West. 
Yeah. Now, is there any certain TV show that you've been on uh, that you enjoy doing the most? Well, the Wild Wild West was a, a good shot for me. I I did uh, five of those, and uh, you know that kind of helped helped get me started. Now, when you were on the show, every was every time you were on the show, were you the uh, uh, what was it, the assistant or something of Doctor Loveless? Well, I was uh, assistant to Doctor Loveless on uh, all of them, but one. The one I was uh, on, uh, where I played a senator's son, who was born, it was like one of three triplets, and I, but I was like way too big, and the senator uh, put me to live with uh, a scientist who was raising gorillas, and uh, uh, it was called the Night of the Simian Terror. And it's a rather sensitive uh, role that I had, uh, because the guy I played, you know, felt really sad because he was put into that situation, and uh, he really, you know, went escaped from the scientist and looked up his uh, father and brothers, and he was going to do something bad to them, but then he decided against it, and uh, uh, the father uh, ended up uh, being killed by the gorilla, and uh, it was kind of a sad thing, so it was a good role. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch that again. I, ha- I have the entire collection of the Wild West, so I'll have to go back and l- watch that one. <laughs> yeah. Now, is it true, you know, you see a lot of things on the web. Uh, is it true that you were uh, up for the part of The Incredible Hulk? I was actually hired to do the two movies of the week uh, for The Incredible Hulk. Oh, really? and, uh, uh It didn't really work for me because I only see out of one eye since birth. Mm-hmm. And my one good eye just didn't like to have those full contact lens that surrounded your eyeball go in there. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, that first night when they sent me home, uh, I had so much fluid in my eyeball from them putting those contact lenses in and out all day long that I was seeing like uh, multiple rainbows around every light, every headlight, every tail light, every street light. And, uh, you know, there'd be like, Ten of these rainbows every time I looked at a light, and so I, it wasn't really safe for me to drive. And uh, and you know I was really concerned about it because they were going to use these two movies of the week as pilots, and they hoped to sell a series. You know, and I knew how the crew and everybody wanted that to happen. Yeah. But I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. And I got a call from the producer uh, after a few days, and he said, Richard. Uh, the Marvel Comics people really want a bodybuilder. You know, you're a good actor. You've worked for me before. That's why I hired you. And how would you feel if uh, we paid you for the two movies of the week but replaced you with somebody else that was a bodybuilder? It was, and it was like, you know, a gift from heaven for me because it was really not working with my eyes. Yeah. Huh. And, you know, and Lou Ferrigno turned out to be great in the role. And, you know, I went on to do other things, like, you know, the Bond. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, were there any other roles in, uh, over the years that you know you, you either tried out for or refused or anything like that, that? That now you look back and you said, "Oh, I wish I could have done that." Well, none that I refused. Uh, uh, there were you know a few uh, roles that I auditioned for that uh, you know they had me come back two or three times. Uh, uh, one was the Princess Bride. And another one was, um, um, I'm trying to remember, it was like an old uh, Humphrey Bogart movie, 
um, detective thing, and uh, they uh, they ended up uh, the, the guy that got the role was Lionel Stander. I don't know if you know who he is, but mm-hmm. you know, the, totally. I like the two of us were totally different. I think they were just looking for an interesting character. Yeah, huh. it was called the Blackbird. Okay, I also heard that Arnold Schwarzenegger was up for the same part. The, inc- the Incredible Hulk. I, you know, I, I really don't know. Uh, it could be, but I, 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 I couldn't verify that. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what you know. I mean, like you say, you see a lot of things on the internet. So it, it, yeah. when I saw that, I thought I mean, he's short. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> There's a big difference between his height and your height. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Lou Ferrigno's not really, really tall either. You know, right. I, I think they were just looking for, you know, a Hulk. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When the James Bond part came up, uh, did you have to go to uh, uh, auditions, or did they approach you for the part? No, I, I actually was working on a movie, The Silver Streak at the time, and uh, I got a call from my agent saying that Cubby Broccoli wanted to have lunch with me, and I didn't know who Cubby Broccoli was. You know, I knew the Bond films. Right. And uh, he said, well, he's the Bond producer, the producer of the James Bonds. Oh, that's great. You know? And... Um, See, he, my agent said, see if you can get uh, a long lunch tomorrow. And uh, he wants to meet you at the Beverly Hills Hotel in the uh, Pillow Lounge. So you know, I had no problem getting off for, you know, a couple hours for lunch. And I, you know, met Cuppy there. And he told me that he had uh, he interviewed the guy uh, that played the, inside of the uh, Darth Vader uh, suit. And uh, and then he started telling me about the role, and uh, uh, he described it as a guy that had teeth, like, either like tools or like uh, a shark, mm-hmm. but they were made out of steel, and he killed people with his teeth. Yeah. And my first reaction was, uh, you know, if the guy that was in the dietary suit, you couldn't even see him, uh, and they used somebody else's voice. Yeah. James Earl Jones voice mm-hmm. you know and so they're just looking for a, a guy to play a monster uh, and I wasn't really too thrilled with it because I had been you know doing uh, regular roles where I, I talked and uh, like in the Silver Streak you know, I killed people with a gun <laughs> the normal villain yeah. but you know I love James Bond and so I, I just kind of took a chance and I said well you know it sounds to me like this character could be very easily over the top, uh, and people could get tired of him. Uh, if I were going to play a character like that, I want to give him a little bit something else, make him more interesting. You know, maybe make him vulnerable or persistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and maybe a little sense of humor. And Cubby uh, Broccoli uh, said, "I like that." He said, "What are you doing for dinner tonight?" And he invited me to have dinner at his house with his wife and his children and. To meet the writers for that part, did you have to spend a lot of time in makeup to get those teeth on, or was it just a quick? No, no they were just made like a boxer's mouthpiece. Ah, so they it was just slipped in. Uh, they weren't painful at all, but they were kind of gagging because they went up in the roof of your mouth. Ah, it yeah. was all that you could do to keep them throwing up. Uh, <laughs> so you know, I'd only have them in for a minute or so at a time. Oh, really? So it was quite a challenge to uh, to make the character a little fun and more interesting uh, with these things gagging you. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) 
And, but you did such a good job. The character, like you say, it's a memorable character that everybody remembers, and it's become one of the, the most famous Bond villains there is. Yeah, actually, uh, you know, has been voted as a, as a favorite Bond villain, but also favorite Bond character. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, beating out Q and M and Money Penny and yeah, it's just one of those those characters that everybody remembers. Yeah, it was really a fluky thing, you know, that something so bizarre could become so fun and entertaining and memorable. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's it seems now like the Bond films, the villains, I mean, they're, they're evil, but they're not as memorable as as they were back then. You know, back in the 70s and the 60s, they seemed more memorable back then. Yeah, characters like Goldfinger. Right. Or Ajahn. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, they seem to have changed the way they make them, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's become more serious. And, uh, you know, they have a good actor in Daniel Craig. And, you know, they're, they're playing it differently. And, uh, you know, that's happened with other series like Tarzan. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. with the Bond characters now this is probably a bad question to ask you <laughs> but I'll ask you if you don't want to answer it's alright who is your favorite Bond James Bond guy yeah well you know that's a tough question for me because I grew up you know with the early Bonds and, right you know and there were a lot of terrific uh, sexy ladies in Goldfinger and Thunderball and, and uh, Dr. No you know so you know I grew up with uh, Sean Connery Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I did the two films with Roger Moore, and we became very good friends. I see him at least once a year, and uh, uh, over in England. Yeah. So you know, I, I always answer uh, when asked that question. And I kind of go for George Lazenby. Uh. <laughs> Actually, that was a pretty good uh, film that he did. Uh, you know, and he, he wasn't fired. It was just that. He didn't think it was going to go on, and he, he didn't want to sign a contract for more than one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he ruins the date. Right, yeah. He, he listened to some bad advice on that one. Yeah, somebody somebody wasn't giving him the good advice on that, that's for sure. No. <laughs> uh, and he knows that now. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Previously to, to your acting career, is it true that you were a, uh, a, a nightclub bouncer? Yes, I was. Uh, you know, ID checker. Uh, I worked at a place called The Crossbow. And uh, Elvis Presley used to come in there to see an old friend of his from uh, one of his Memphis buddies, uh, Lance Legault. And then uh, I worked at a place called the Ragdoll. And I I worked there uh, on weekends, and I taught math at night at a radio engineering school during the week. And um, then for a little while, I I worked at a place called the Mardi Gras Room. It's kind of funny because... uh, when they were casting for the Barbary Coast, and it was a doorman uh, called Moose Moran uh, at the Golden Gate Casino, I couldn't get an interview. And in my autobiography, I, you know, I tell what I had to do. I had to send a registered letter to the producers and the director and explain to them that I had actually played, you know, done this in real life and some of the roles that I had played, you know, The Longest Yard, and uh, right. that I thought they would should at least you know, see me. If they didn't hire me, that was fine, but uh, but they should have a chance to see me, and I should have a chance to meet them. Because the day they got the letter, they uh, they called my agent and had me go that afternoon, and I got the role. Hmm. Jeez. 
and uh, you you mentioned a couple of things there. I want to bring up uh, too, but uh, I, I just want to just do a few minutes more about uh, the Bond films. When you finished the Spy Who Loved Me, did you know you were going to be in the next Bond film? Moonlight? No, I absolutely didn't know. They shot an alternative ending. I was supposed to die, and. Um, the stunt coordinator talked Kevin Bachman into shooting an alternate ending where I might live. And I had no idea whether I was going to live or die. And I got a call one day from uh, the Bond people saying they would like for me to come to a screening before the premiere. Uh, and this was a few months before the premiere, or a month or two before. Mm-hmm. And they said, it's just going to be like a blue-collar screening of regular MGM employees. Like the people, you know, did the maintenance and the, the people working in security and their families and children and, yeah. you know, the secretaries. There weren't going to be any writers or actors or directors or producers. So I said, yeah, sure. You know, I was looking forward to seeing that movie. And I watched it and I was amazed. It was the first one I did. How well the humor and the persistence and the uh, vulnerability and... Uh, went over and the people were all laughing all in the right spots and then we got to the end and I didn't know I was going to live or die and it seemed like when everything was blowing up all over the place uh, and Jaws had been in that shark tank and oh, four or five minutes go by and I thought well I guess I'm history <laughs> all of a sudden uh, Jaws pops out of the ocean and this blue collar audience just cheered they cheered they applauded they roared and I thought, wow, I finally made it big in the movie. <laughs> it was really, you know, a, a shock uh, to see how well-received Jaws was and, uh, and how people liked him and they wanted him to survive. Right, yeah. And uh, the Bond people, you know, had screened it, I guess, uh, out on the road, uh, some trial screenings, and uh, they they knew that and they wanted me to see it for myself. And, uh, wow. That was really cool. Because I still didn't know if they are going to bring me back or not. And that was another big surprise. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, so so what, at some point they just called up again and said, hey, we'd like to have you in the next next episode of uh, yeah. James Bond? Yeah, you know, I, between the two Bond films, I did four major films. Uh, and uh, I did one in Rome uh, called The Humanoid uh, kind of a spaghetti Star Wars, and I did First In from Navarone, and uh, uh, I did a comedy movie with Tim Conway. So yeah, my career was going really well, and then I, I got the call uh, while I was out of the country, uh, actually for 10 months uh, from the agent, saying that he made a deal for me to you know come back for another one. Jeez. <laughs> did, you, did you jump right at, at the chance? Yeah, you know, I, in fact, I left... A film that I was doing in Rome, uh, I had a, uh, an ending date on it uh, because of the bond and uh, the start date. And uh, we had to do some dubbing on that film uh, in Paris while we were shooting Moonraker. But uh, on my time off, and I, I actually went right from one to the other. Hmm. She's busy. <laughs> now, with... Um the the longest yard with that film with Burt Reynolds the original longest yard uh, just in case people don't know about the the original sometimes they they just remember the the latest one but uh, with longest yard I mean 
that was a memorable scene when you got your nose broke. <laughs> yeah, you know, in that scene, uh, uh, the director, Robert Aldridge, was really keen on extemporaneous or ad-lib acting. And the first time I did that, he said, Richard, he said, you did great. He said, I just love what you're doing. He said, but you stopped. You know, and I said, he said, I, I hadn't said cut. I said, well, I thought the scene was over. And he said, look, I want to see more of that. Do more of that. He said, Bert, yeah, same for you. And, uh, and to uh, uh, the other actor, Robert Tessier, played Schachner. And uh, so we just, the next time we went on and on, and we all came up with all this extemporaneous stuff and ad lib stuff. And when it was all done, he said, I really gathered around. He said, Richard just did a fabulous job uh, uh, playing this part. Uh, he just added so much to it. And I believe that he deserves a big hand. And that was the director saying that. Wow. Huh. And then, you know, when I had to go through to get an interview with him, because he only wanted real football players. And <laughs> I had to go. My agent's associate had done casting for the producer of The Long Shard, Al Reddy. He got me a, an interview with Al to meet Al. And then Al told the casting people that they should have the director meet me. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I went in to meet the director, he was kind of... Uh, um, you know, he was a little bit put off, uh, and I could tell, and he said, uh, you know, Richard, this is not going to be a fun movie to work on. He said, we're going to be scrimmaging uh, daily on the football stuff, and uh, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be in this little tank town. There's nothing there except motels and restaurants uh, on the way to Florida. He said, you know, and we're, we're going to be, uh, People are going to be getting some pain, you know, of, uh, scrimmaging playing football. He said, do you think you can handle that? And I looked at him, and I kind of kicked into my acting gear. And I said, is it okay if I hurt them? <laughs> and he said, oh, no, 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 we don't want anybody getting hurt. We don't want, you know, no, no, it's just a movie. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, it turned out uh, to be a great thing for for him and he really liked what I did and uh, yes. but it was you know it wasn't easy to get <laughs> to get in to get an interview oh really yeah and now had you ever played football when you were in high school or anything yeah I played a little bit of football in high school but at that time we had the family business and uh, you know, I was sitting on the bench in my freshman year my father never he only went through the eighth grade so he didn't know he had to pay your dues uh, you know as a freshman mm -hmm. and, they had me on the varsity squad, and I wasn't playing. And he said, Sonny, he said, you want a new car, or you want to sit on the bench? So, uh, you know, I, I uh, opted for the new car. Yeah, that sounds like a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, but that, you know, that was, uh, uh, there's all kinds of stories like that in my autobiography. So I, right from the very beginning of my career all the way through, uh, you know, even on the bond, there's some really interesting stories uh, you know of how we I was able to get them to change some stuff and yeah. And, and now, what, what's the name of the book? Uh, it's called Making It Big in the Movies. Making It Big in the Movies, and, and is, I'll have those uh, with me, uh, you know, at the theater. Oh, great! Yeah. Now, so what I have, if, you know, uh, photos from all the different films I did, The Longest Yard, and uh, 
Cannonball 2, you know, with Jackie Chan and I. I was a driver of one of the little Mitsubishi in the Cannonball Run. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah. And uh, if, now, of course, we have a lot of listeners worldwide. If somebody wanted to, that can't make it to the, uh, to Moraga, California on November 5th and 6th, is there a place that they can go and get the, uh, your book or your... Yeah, they just, there's a, on the front page of my website, uh, I had just sold out of them and I just got a new shipment in. Uh, so it's not on the website right now, but all that to say that they want the book. And I've got a special deal uh, where they get the book and an autographed photo for uh, about $25. Uh-huh. And, and what's the name of the website? Uh, it's www.richardkeel, all one word, and it's K-I-E-L.com. Dot com. Okay, and what we're going to do is we're going to put a link on our website so people can just click on it and get right to your site. Oh, terrific. So that'll help them get to it a lot quicker. And um, now you've also written some other books too, right? Yeah, I have. I, I did a historic novel uh, called The uh, Kentucky Lion. I co-wrote that with Academy Award writer uh, Pamela Wallace, who uh, co-wrote the screenplay that won an Oscar for the movie Witness with Harrison Ford. Yes, yeah, yeah. Now, was there something about uh, the uh, that story that, that made you want to write a, a book about it? Oh, yeah. You know, it was, uh, when I heard the name Cassius Clay... I thought it was Muhammad Ali, and I found out (laughs) that there was a a guy in history uh, named Cassius Clay that Muhammad Ali's father was named after, who probably did as much to put an end to slavery as Abraham Lincoln. Hmm. He was a big hero to the uh, slaves that he freed. He freed the slaves on his plantation uh, when he inherited from his father uh, some 20 years before the Emancipation or the 13th Amendment. Wow. abolishing slavery. So, you know, he was ahead of his time. He realized that the uh, free black slaves needed to be educated, and uh, he gave money and land to a Reverend John to the Bible school for them, the ones that he freed on his plantation. And uh, that eventually turned into Berea College, which he helped to uh, uh, establish as well. Is that book also available on your website? Yes, and that one is on the website, and there's the same deal where you get a, uh, you actually get a twenty dollar uh, autograph photo. You know, when I said on the other one is twenty five, that includes the shipping by priority mail, mm-hmm. the autograph photo, the book, and uh, I think that one's on there for twenty two fifty five, including shipping. Ah, okay. You get a you get a twenty dollar autograph photo with Roger Moore, myself, and uh, and the book. Hmm, sounds like a deal. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should uh, give the website again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so www.richardkeel, all one word, K-I-E-L.com. Yeah, and, uh, you know, definitely, uh, we like I say, we'll put the, the link to it so to help people get there quicker once they uh, listen to the to the show and everything. Yeah, yeah. And now are you... People that live, you know, in the Northern California or the Bay Area or East Bay, uh, you know, I have those with me uh, at the uh, uh, after the Q and A. I'll come into the lobby, and we'll have photos from all these different movies I was in and books. I've also got a uh, motivational book that I wrote with uh, sort of the Dale Carnegie of Canada, mm-hmm. a young guy named Doug Vermeil, and uh, it's all about favorite quotes. Uh huh. There's okay. like 
several hundred of them, like, you know, uh, one for each day. And you know, things like, you know, my father's favorite quote was, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's something good for people to buy for their teenage kids or whatever. You know, I kind right. of give them a little boost. Huh. Yeah, that's it. That sounds interesting. Now, yeah, there's some great quotes. Doug has some wonderful quotes and things that will help. You know, because like my career, you know, if I hadn't got that interview for the longest yard, or if I hadn't have uh, been able to, uh, you know, get that that other uh, interview, you know, there's other things like I, I did a five-part Lassie show where I was a giant Indian, and I had to get an Indian makeup job done on my nose and. And an Indian wig and Indian wardrobe, you know, get some pictures. Mm-hmm. And there's just dozens and dozens of stories like that. Yeah, wow, that's, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You also did a part in um, the classic TV show, uh, The Twilight Zone, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. And, and that's, that's one of the, the most popular episodes. Yeah, it's considered one of the five classics of that series. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, I kind of like the one with. Uh, William Shatner with a little little gremlin monster on the, on the airplane. airplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's certain ones that you see every year on, um, you know, when uh, like a Sci-Fi Channel will show uh, a marathon, and and those are the ones that always seem to show up. Yeah, that one, uh, yours, uh, the the Shatner one, like you said. Well, and, speaking uh, of Sci-Fi, I, I'm doing a trilogy of uh, uh, three Sci-Fi movies. Oh, really? It's my best part ever. Uh-huh. Playing a, sort of an intellectual badass. It, it, this is a new movie? Yeah, it's three movies. Uh, and the first one we're, we're showing me right now, and it's uh, uh, called The Xeno Crisis. And uh, I'm uh, a guy that's in a, uh, a motorized uh, people mover uh, that has a machine gun built into it, rocket launchers. And, <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm like a real, really typically intellectual guy who uh, is not really you know, totally a bad guy either. He's uh, uh, kind of a mercenary, but um, you know, with a big heart. Ah. We're, we're filming the first one right now, and we're there making deals, so I don't, I'm not sure where it's going to end up. Yeah. Well, that was one of the questions I had. What, what projects are you working on now, if you were working yeah. on any more books? Well, then, or? Uh, Thanksgiving, uh, the new Disney uh, uh, animated 3D movie, Tangled comes out, and I, I play a character voice in that. Oh, really? Wow. Did, did, do you enjoy doing uh, animation? Uh, yeah, I did. I, I enjoyed it a lot, and they liked me uh, uh, about as much as Robert Aldridge liked me in the Lock Shine. So they, they had me come in and do the video game as well. Huh. And I'm in the new video game, GoldenEye, the, the new one. Right, yeah. That yeah. comes out in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. So you've done a couple of Bond video games, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, years ago when I first got started, I tried to do uh, animation for Hanna-Barbera, and, uh, you know, I, they like to have people that have name value, and at that time I didn't. Ah, uh, yeah. So I think, you know, I'll be doing more stuff for, for Disney, because, you know, they like me well enough in the movie I play a character named Vlad, or Vladimir, who's, uh, the best way to explain it would be kind of like the, the biggest baddest guy in the biker bar, you know, mm-hmm. except it's back when they didn't have bikes. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you seen your draw, the, the character that you, you play, the drawn character? Yeah, but you know, the funny thing is, is that the, the guy is 
got a sense of humor, and he's kind of, you know, vulnerable, and, you know, it doesn't look anything like Jaws or anything, but it's like, you know, they've got a guy with a big heart that's a, a big badass, you know. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see, you know, for for the rest of us to see what what they, uh, you know, sometimes the animators try to get uh, some of the the personality of the person into the character. So yeah, you know, and I think that uh, it worked well enough to where you know the game people. In fact, uh, my part in the game is a lot bigger than it is in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Now we're going to finish up here with a cu- just a couple more qu- quick questions, um, but. What is your favorite TV show of all time? Oh, wow. Um, what did you enjoy I, watching? I would have to say the 24. Ah, yeah. You know, it's just uh, so well done and so well acted. Uh, every character. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was, it's like a, a movie uh, every week. You know? mm-hmm. It was really good. Huh. And uh, another question is, what's your favorite movie of all time? Well, you know, it's uh, I've got it's kind of hard for me to pick one. Uh, uh, there's you know uh, half a dozen movies. Uh, Witness was one that I really liked a lot. Uh, it's a good movie. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because uh, Regarding Henry is another one on the top of my list. Uh, that was yeah, that was a good. And movie. they're both with you know Harrison Ford. Hmm. Well, Richard, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. This is uh, this has been fun. I'm sure that uh, it's going to be a great time in Moraga, California, at the New Ream Theater on November 5th and 6th at seven o'clock. It's going to be uh, two days, and you're going to be there, both of them, right? Yeah, I'll be there. Uh, uh, the screening starts at seven, and uh, each night, Friday and Saturday, and uh, Moraga's near Walnut Creek, Lafayette, that area. Yep. And uh, then after the screening, uh, we'll do a question and answer session. And then I'll be in the lobby uh, for, uh, you know, about uh, 45 minutes. Uh, anybody that wants to get an autograph photo or a book. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a good time. I wish I could be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always fun to see, you know, some of these uh, vintage uh, classic movies on the big screen again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, Richard. Well, thank you. It was fun talking with you. You did a great interview. What an interesting guest. Richard Keel. I want to thank him so much for taking the time to talk to us. He was a great guest. A lot of information there. A lot of stuff. Uh, I, I try to do a lot of research and find out uh, things that I don't know about people. Uh, but... Uh, he had some stuff I didn't couldn't find, so uh, you know that, that was interesting to find those things out, and uh, we can check him out uh, around Thanksgiving time for uh, Disney's Tangled. So it'd be interesting to see what he's going to look like. And uh, let's see here, uh, you can check him out. He's going to be at the um, New Ream Theater in Maraca, California, uh, this weekend uh, in November. Uh, if, in case you're listening later on, it's, it's you know it's all gone by if you if, if you pass the first week of November in 2010. So, yeah. but uh, he's going to be there. He's going to be they're going to be screening the Spy Who Loved Me. It's all part of the California Independent Film Festival's monthly film series, and they're going to be showing that one. And Moonraker. It's at seven o'clock this weekend. Check it out. And Rich is going to be there signing autographs and talking and all that sort of stuff. So. Uh, Good chance to, to meet him. And let's see what else we got coming your way. We got uh, some great guests coming up on On Screen and Beyond. We've been uh, 
searching out people and finding a lot of people giving us good suggestions, and we're doing our best to see what we can come up with uh, to connect with those people. It's uh, difficult sometimes. But anyways, um, if you want to check us out on Facebook, you can check us out and uh, go to our homepage, onscreenandbeyond.com, right down at the bottom. We have a link where you can click on it, and you can get to it. So uh, that'll bring you there. You can become a friend. You can like us, whatever they want to call it now. Uh, and you can uh, keep up, up to date on things that are going on. And let's see, what else? If you have a suggestion for somebody you would like us to uh, try to get to interview on the show, you can check it out, uh, send it to us, rather, at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Anyways, if you don't have a suggestion, just want to uh, you know, send us a note. You, know, you can do that. And, uh, I'll, I'll be reading them, so you can send it to us. It's all right here on On Screen and Beyond each week. And check out our past interviews and our shows. Uh, they go back all the way to 2007. It's free. Just go there. You go to iTunes. You can search us out at uh, On Screen and Beyond. You can type that in. It'll bring us up. So if you go to iTunes, you can leave us a, a little thing where you can uh, review and uh, also with the iTunes ones uh, it comes out as a different kind of file and you it's an enhanced one and you can see pictures of things uh, as we're talking about them and everything so that's uh, something different uh, but if you listen on just a regular mp3 player you can you know download it from our site and you can get it as a plain mp3 we appreciate you listening each week those of you who are coming back and tell a friend about it so we can spread the word and that's about it for this week so until next week this is Brian Zimrak Take care.